0: Hello everyone, welcome to the That's How We Lead podcast series of Capgemini Netherlands. My name is Coco Leister and I'm your host during this series in which we talk to some of our female leaders about their career in business transformations and tech. Who are these female role models next to their responsible jobs and how did their career journey look like? Let's find out today with our guest Lisbeth Bout, Managing Director of Capgemini Event Netherlands. Welcome, Lisbeth. Hi, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. And I'm very happy to have you here as our sixth guest already. We're going to deep dive a little bit in your career and of course also who you are next to your career. But before we do that, I would like to take a step back and look back to your student time. You studied industrial engineering and management, and I was wondering... What were you
1: like as a student? Mm, as a student? Well, first of all, very active. So I loved everything. I was um, living outside the house. Loved the freedom. Tried to do everything. I had all kind of commissions and boards. And with the education, with the study, but also with sports. So I love to do everything, explore everything. That was, I must say, the first year was a bit challenging with the city, but uh, well, so Did somewhere you make it. Yeah, 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 I made it. <laughs> somewhere I recovered. And what kind of boards were that? So it was, um, I was active at the uh, horseback riding association. So uh, we did also uh, organize uh, competitions and uh, etc. A lot an active, uh, active community. But, uh, I was also at the board of the students, uh, the, so the Industrial Engineering and Management uh, Student Association.
0: And it was then for organizing nice activities, get together. Yeah, so
1: it's the conferences, but also uh, supporting with the books, supporting with um, also a, cl- a sounding board for the education. Oh, wow. itself for the for the teachers, etc. So all kind of things. Oh, cool! And horseback riding—is that still something that you do? Just during the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> so we we lost track uh, during COVID, to be honest. So oh, yeah. somewhere I uh, did it for years. It, met my uh, I met my husband over there. Oh, so also during student students. During student time, yes. Wow. So we did it together, but um, uh, and and with the kids, well I can share with you. But uh, it's it, we well, we had to take turns, etc. And at a yeah. certain moment, we thought, wow, it's. We don't have our own horse. We were also at riding schools, which is nice because you can explore different things. But um, at certain moment, we thought well, we don't miss it so much. So maybe we should do something else. Yeah. <laughs> and, and what came as a replacement for horseback riding? Well, uh, yeah. so during COVID, you couldn't do so much. So yeah. I went, to go, uh, went running again. I went skating again. So things you can do more easily combined yeah. with a busy job and family life. And to be honest, uh, since last year, Year, we are also more on the water, more active on the water with sailing oh, or wow. sipping or those kind of things. So it's a bit more relaxed things which you don't have to plan on a specific time slot, but it's more just to relax, to free your mind and just go. Yeah, sounds great. Nice hobby, yes. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. And if you then uh,
0: uh, go back to your career, your current career, you're now uh, leading Capgemini Invent for three and a half years. For those not working at Cape Gemini Group, can you tell a little bit about what your role entails?
1: Yeah, so I'm leading the Invent organization. Invent is the management consulting strategy innovation powerhouse of the group. So we're involved in business transformation and I'm always in this in the consulting area. So when I started, uh, what is it, um, 18, 19 years yeah. ago, Wow, <laughs> I was a young professional out of school. Uh, starting in the consulting side. So I was always in the business side uh, and not so much on the uh, technology side. And what did you like so
0: much about consulting?
1: I like the dynamics, first of all, and I like also the different aspects. It never gets boring. And of course, you can have a project or an assignment which might take a longer time because at a certain moment, you get um, really impactful for a client after a certain moment. But then there's always things you can do next to it. So while being at the client, making an impact over there, you can think about what will be the questions that future clients should ask us. Prepare the group for that prepare some thought leadership for that, talk to some other people. So it's the dynamics which I like, which I somehow need. So I need that difference in, in activities and the different things to do. It's it's both sales, it's delivery, it's managerial-wise, it's a lot of people-focused uh, activities. So it's um, it's a broad spectrum. Is that the same for your role now? I can imagine you're not on projects yourself anymore. <laughs> well, I try to be, I try to be. I think you cannot lead, invent. Where you're not active at clients you should be active at clients Uh, otherwise how can i be leading what what others do so uh, otherwise you will turn into a manager and cannot lead so i try to still be active at clients but to be honest it's the it's the minority of my time (laughs) because somehow otherwise i cannot cope with all the other activities but i need it as well if i don't do client work and that can also be on the background helping in the sales pitch does it need to be actively always client facing? But I need the combination because that gives me a lot of energy and uh, just a managerial internal kind of things which is also very nice uh, because it's with people it's with the team etc but only that that's uh yeah that will drown a little bit my energy i need to also the the, the the sometimes the thrill of, of, of a pitch, the thrill of delivery the making the impact what we actually do and what our purpose is in that sense
0: yeah, and i can also imagine that that kind of information everything you hear at the client. By being invested yourself, that it also helps in doing your manager role well. Yes,
1: exactly. Because it's, um, we have to, the world is changing, and actually, we are in the business of change. It's transformation, that's, that's our business. So it's continuously looking ahead, and the our questions that clients ask us now, they will not ask us in the future. And probably the clients that sometimes ask a question now, we should tell them, no, you should ask us a different question. Uh, and we should be that sparing partner and that and that challenger in that sense, which means we have to be an op- have to have an opinion and you need reflection time, but you also need enough inspiration yourself, either from clients what they're coping with, but also from from outside.
0: Yeah. And and then we're on a personal level. Who are you next to your uh, role at Capgemini Invent?
1: Uh, I, I share with you <laughs> sometimes on the water. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm mom of uh, of, uh, of of two kids. So it's and my husband is also working full time. So it's a nice family, a busy life. I think we're trying to have a nice balance. I'm not a person party going. uh, So it's I like to relax. Like on the water, like running, like having a nice dinner. Also doing nice things with the kids. Uh, my girl likes to make all kind of things. I like to make all kind of creative things as well. And what can I then think of? Oh, it's everything. It's it's whether it's it's painting or uh, drawing, but it can be handicraft things or I make dresses for her oh or wow. those kind of things. So, it's, it's I think it's also important because we have a quite analytical job and you should have some time for for creativity. And that creativity then flows into the job as well, eh? because sometimes the most creative solutions are the are the ones we should take, instead of trying to peel it off with, with data and analytics. Um, so it's the creativity and time for creativity, that's, that's important. And I must say, if I'm too busy, then in the weekends, the head is not free enough to start doing, doing something creative. Uh, but if I think of, oh, I want to make something, oh, let's, let's do it or go for it. I'm relaxed enough. So it to also have helps a balance. You to yeah. let go of work in the weekends,
0: yep. set your mind in a different mindset. Yep. Nice. About your career, uh, you're now working almost 19 years at Capgemini. Can you take us on your journey in uh, working at Capgemini, but also becoming a female leader?
1: Yeah, so I started as a young professional. To be honest honest I, I didn't really know what to do I thought I I don't know exactly so my, my study was rather rather broad it didn't give you a specific direction on what to become or what to do so uh, I thought okay let's let's just explore and there was someone um, working at the university who worked at Kipjumaniaaya And I didn't know the company, to be honest. And she said, oh, come to us. And I said, hmm. And she was actually working in a finance transformation practice. And I thought, hmm, finance transformation? Uh, I had one course, of finance. And that's it. (laughs) So I said, okay, but never mind. So I, I started talking. And I liked the people. Mm. So I chose the people. I said, oh, I like it. Well, later on, I did an executive master in finance and control <laughs> just to keep <laughs> up with the finance side of it. And, and during your career, during those 19 years,
0: did you have a certain female role model or other sorts of inspiration?
1: Well, there are a lot of people. I don't. I don't believe in one person who can do it all. I don't think there's one person who can do it all and who has the role model which you can go for. I think you have to make your own path which fits you and you are unique. Um, So there were people who who, ah, were great sellers. Uh, So sales was at their back. I don't know what and how and I learned from them. It was great to learn, but they were completely not so comfortable with the people management side. So, people management and how to motivate and how to engage was, was something I learned from other people. So, it was not just one person, and there were female and male, depending on the different energy, depending on their skills, about their strengths. And tr- somehow you try to navigate through, and I try to make my own journey there.
0: So, you really chose different facets from different people.
1: Yeah, you see things, you learn. You see what works, you see what that works, and somewhere you take it along with you. And, and you test. Um, How is You it talk to, test? to people. Because I can
0: imagine that then also sometimes go wrong if you test.
1: Yeah, what can go wrong? The yeah. world is not going to uh, diminish or something. So it's, there's no war. Yeah. So what's going wrong? Yeah, that's true. Um, I'm not going to die tomorrow, or <laughs> I hope I don't. So as if you do so, so it's a different type of risk, I would say. Have uh, you ever made a risky move in your career? No, I think if I think about it, at a certain moment, uh, my husband and I thought we wanted to have an experience abroad. So we love to travel. We love to travel, to explore um, new cultures, etc. He was working at Philips and he had an expat opportunity for China, for Shanghai. So I said, yes, let's go. (laughs) And then, yeah, what about you? Uh, well, We'll see. I'll just quit my job and then I'll move. We'll move along with you and then we'll find something there. So we confirmed to Philips for a certain date. Um, and um, I was already talking a bit in Shanghai, and then at a certain moment, uh, I was a part of the management team of the practice, and then there was an uh, uh, assignment coming by, for they were asking, there was the Swedish colleagues, they were asking for a project manager, or transformation manager, for a big transformation based in Shanghai, Per exactly the same date that we already confirmed. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> it just had to be like that. <laughs> <laughs> I had to work for it because I was not the only one who wanted the job, but I got it. Uh, and it was actually, it was not in finance. It was HR transformation, but yeah. How uh, was that for you then? Oh, totally different topic. It's a different topic. I, d- I was already doing some broader topics, but um, I thought, well, HR transformation, it's the same principles as a finance transformation, but it's different type of processes and different type of people. So, yeah, if you keep that in mind, the basics are the same. <laughs> so, and yeah, it's, uh, of course, I was competing to people with HR transformation knowledge, but still, I made it. So we went to Shanghai and I thought, okay, we're going to, going abroad. I will, I was just, I was on a complete fast track. So every two years I got a promotion, I was just promoted to director. And the w- there w- one reason also for me was that I needed some pause in that growth. Why was that? I was 31, I think, and and if I would go like that three years later, probably we would be VP. And then what? Yeah, and then what? I didn't feel that I was equipped yet to do so. I didn't feel that I did a complete end-to-end trans- business transformation yet. I did all kind of facets and parts of it, but the full end-to-end transformation, I didn't do that yet. So I need I needed some more miles, flying miles. Because, yeah, you have to work. What is it? Says, so you have to love working. Yeah. You're probably 70 or so. <laughs> you have to keep the energy. It's not the objective to grow fast. It's the objective to learn and to explore and to keep the energy. So that was one of the reasons that we say, okay, let's let's go abroad and we'll see. What does it matter? Well, we'll be fine. Um, and, and, well, I think I didn't really pause, to be honest. Maybe it took a little bit longer because I was two years away. But never mind. I was still active also in the Netherlands because I kept my contract in the Netherlands. I still had some counselees, uh, some some mentor people wow, from, from Shanghai. Managing yeah. <laughs> and it was not in the team's environment yet. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's all by phone and sometimes by visit. But, um, so I was still active in the community. Uh, and But it was good. It was good to have that uh, reflection, to have the different experience. Yeah, and, and what I also hear indeed, you know, mention reflection is
0: that you... Or very serious in reflecting on yourself, on your growth, on your learn path. Has that been from the start when you started as a young professional?
1: I just did what I what felt right. That is, uh, I follow feelings. I don't, and I don't have a dot on the horizon. And I never worked with a dot on the horizon. So I, n- I never said I want to become managing director of Invent or something like that. <laughs> I thought it would be crazy to do so. <laughs> <laughs> it actually when I was asked, I was still like, mm, yeah? do I really want this? Mm. <laughs> it was great to, to say yes, by the way. But never mind. It's it's um, so I don't work with a dot on the horizon. I work with. I just follow an energy f- flow. Uh, and, and what feels right and um and I think it's in the, the you you have a long career ahead of you It's it's a long working life, and the most important is to enjoy and if you enjoy, you bring more value, you bring more to the people around you, you bring more to the clients, you bring more in general and and to your family as well it''s, it's <laughs> very you <keep> important <laughs> you, you keep yourself healthy as well. So I worked more in that principle. I still do. It's uh it's it's a little bit more on the flow. And that means it's being conscious of what do you feel, huh? So it's um um and being conscious of, of what, what's happening in your body as well. When I was um a student, I, I, I said I was very active. Yeah. So uh, there I crossed the line at the certain yeah. moment. So there I was at the certain moment, completely down back then it was a blessing eh? it was really a blessing at the time because i knew back then okay when do I cross a line what is too much for me yeah what can i handle um and why is it happening and, and what was what were causing the energy drains versus what gives energy and also even things that give energy might be too much so i know when i'm getting close to that i know how to a little bit more relaxation close my laptop early uh, oh, focus good. on other things, uh, know how I behave in that sense. My husband knows as well. Uh, so he he's <laughs> like, hey, Elizabeth, you should stop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now <laughs> <helps>. it's enough. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's it's and that's a blessing because it's you can do also within Capgemini. But I think if you're if you have energy, you have ambition, you can do. You can continue all night long. There's always more th- to absorb and, and et cetera. Or there's always uh, those people that you want to call, but didn't call yet, but oh, they should have some time. There's always more you can do, but it's it's fine. It's you do enough. It's keep yourself healthy, be energetic. And that brings more to the people around you than trying to do everything and then at a certain moment falling, uh, f- falling down. Eh? Yeah, then it's too much and then you're too late
0: sometimes. Yes, so, uh.
1: exactly. And I, I don't guarantee that's not happening. Huh? The, the personality is doing Trying to do a lot, (laughs) (laughs) but so far since student time, I keep myself healthy and I'm very conscious and I need that reflection time as well to reflect on the business because uh, in the role there's a lot of operational things as well, but you need also time for reflection on a more strategic level and that's expected from you. And you cannot do that in between the half an hour, one team's call to another. So it's, you have to organize it to a certain extent. Yeah, and that's a great
0: message for all our listeners to watch out for yourself and yeah, act on it in time. And then back to the beginning of your career, you started in data science. What initially sparked your interest in data science and how did you decide to pursue it as a career?
1: Yeah, so I started in reporting the performance management. I was doing data-driven decision making. But mainly on on a reporting side I have an engineering background so I have my statistic and mathematical background as well. so I could rely I could I could switch between um, I use that skill to understand okay what is a bigger what's the bigger data play So when data science came up what is it in in somewhere 2013, 2012, 2013 something like that and I thought I was in finance in business control etc and I thought well but that's cool. So data-driven decision making, but then far bigger, far impactful, far more complex because it's going through the organization with different data, with different type of things. It's not only strategic tactical; it's also operational, and you can do far more things with it. So the complexity drew me there. So there, I uh, I said, okay, we well, I, I, we we started. I, I was leading finance performance management when I was when I came back from Shanghai. And then I started a data science analytics group uh, next to it separately, which we grew. And that was all about driving the data-driven journey for organizations, which is still relevant today. It's very relevant today. It's, and every organization has become, to a certain extent, typically data-driven, but there's a huge potential still. It's because it's crossed the, the silos of the different organizations it's learning from each other. It's the data that is used from one department into another area. So there's a, c- a company-wide topic which should be embraced and, and also from, an, from a literacy point of view in, in every uh, business area. Yes. Yeah, so there's still
0: much more to do on uh, data-driven decision-making. There are also concerns about bias and ethics. How do you approach those issues during your work?
1: Yeah, well, that's a difficult question, Coco. <laughs> Tough question. I'm sorry, <laughs> <laughs> because so many facets about it. It's, it's of course, it's, it's the data itself. Do we, are we uh, to start with data itself? Are we collecting data? Which is it ethical to collect those data to store it? So that's the starting when the data is gathered. Uh, it's it's about in projects where you are deciding to collect certain data. Is it ethical from the start? Or ethical is one thing, huh? whether the society accepts it is another, huh? might be another, uh, or uh, the regulatory is another aspect again. But then it's about the usage. So we can use it for certain aspects, it's all fine. And many of the many of the use cases we work with are, it's not an issue. Eh? If you, um, I'm working with a, a large manufacturing on improving their plants, reducing energy, reducing waste. Well, it's about machine data. It's, yeah. There are no ethical aspects in there. It's ethical to do it and actually <laughs> use it because it also helps sustainability uh, and it helps to perform better and uh, et cetera. So, but in other cases, uh, where it's client data, where it's people data, You do. So it's about which your use cases are relevant, who has access to it. And I think one of the biggest difficulties is these days is, well, we have, uh, all organizations have nice data science departments, typically, Uh, who likes to make very nice, proper analytics things, some fancy, fancy, sexy stuff. And then it goes into operation. So you may be in the front, in the beginning, you do uh, have your processes in place, you have your framework, your control framework on whether we want to u- use these data and t- for this purpose and whether it's uh, and also in the case of the people who actually use the data the outcome of the data or the machines will use the outcome of the data do that in the right way do the people if there are people involved whether it's supportive uh, do they have understanding of what these models do and are they able to act upon it because it's also to a large extent knowledge and awareness but then if those models are in place the fancy data scientists might not want to be involved so much anymore. But these models keep on learning sometimes. They keep on changing. The, the, the perception of, of society might change. So how to make sure they're maintained, operational, and keep... And they sometimes they're, they're changed because, oh, there's a minor tweak here and there. And then suddenly it's not ethical anymore. Yeah. So it's, it's not only when you start with it, but it's also after with the operational or the analytic ops part of it the operational part and how to embed it. And that's typically not the most sexy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but it's that's the stuff that also needs to happen and where we, we are trying to help our customers there. So the starting point here is, of course, the,
0: the knowledge and the awareness. And then, yeah, uh, keeping that running through the whole process, through the whole project and ensure that everyone who is working on it, that they are well aware.
1: Yeah, and that someone keeps on looking at it. Yeah. When it's an operations, it's not uh, because otherwise you have a legacy. Those things, which at a certain moment, you don't want them to do it anymore. You yeah. want yeah. it to do it anymore.
0: Yeah. clear. then a question about your career journey a little bit back. Uh, what lessons have you learned from any setbacks or failures?
1: Mm, yeah, so I already talked about doing too much. Eh? So that's, uh, yeah. Um, I also said I paused a little bit. I put a brake on the, the fast growth I had. There was one specific moment in time that which helped me to do so. I, was, um, I did an, uh, a finance transformation for a CFO for a company. And that was in a certain market. I was uh, after f- uh, we had the delivery of the project that it was all fine. And I was meeting the person again. And then um, I'm knowledge about, about finance transformation. But I didn't have a specific industry background in that specific industry. The finance transformation of the CFO didn't want to talk about the finance transformation. He, he was just interested in, in my view on the market developments and those mm. kind of things. And I was like, um, <laughs> uh, that's <laughs> So I was really knowledgeable about one topic, but I didn't realize that was not the topic. The project was fine, he was happy, so that was not topic of conversation anymore. So it was looking ahead, but also it's not enough to be knowledgeable about this topic. It's, it's a broader perspective that's interesting and that makes these kind of relations also interesting that you can bring something else. And how has that influenced future choices? Yeah, be conscious. Huh? When you go into a meeting, what is... what is? Sometimes I'm asked to join something, uh, to join a pitch. Um, and then my question always is, what is my contribution? And the contribution of just being... Making the client important because of the, I'm the MD of Invent is not good enough. So what is my contribution? And can I honestly contribute to that? And otherwise, maybe we should find someone else to contribute. It's not a power play. We have to bring something. Um, and bring them the right expertise for that. Exactly, conversation. exactly. And that's if we don't have it in the Netherlands, we should find it abroad. We are a big company, really big company. We cannot. It's not so that we invite the wheel uh, uh, here every time. And it might be a slightly different company or slightly different expertise of experience, but it still might be inspirational and relevant for the topic. Um, yeah, be a conscious where to. Where to contribute, where to not contribute, and, and where to put other ones in the spotlight. It's not the Lisbeth show. It shouldn't no. be. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, it's a great challenge question, I think, for
0: many of us. Am I of added value joining this conversation? I really like that one. Then a question related to the digital transformation that we're in. It's a question from our previous podcast guest, Anita. And uh, she had the question for you after nominating you, which is digital is drastically transforming all industry sectors. What trends do you anticipate disrupting next?
1: Yeah, interesting one. So. I think we talked about, uh, what is it, 15 years ago was the thing, the digital transformation. We had big reports about it with MIT studies, etc. Digital transformation is the thing. Today, it's still relevant, of course. Uh, and digital is very much alive, but it's not the disruption anymore. It's an ongoing thing. It's embedded. It's it's improving, etc. Ahead is, I think, a completely different challenge for all of us. It's about sustainability and uh, how we behave on our planet and uh, how we treat our planet. And it's a completely different type of thing. It's apples and pears. And digital can help us there. But we as humans need to uh, behave, uh, treat our planet in a better way. And uh, and we can do that ourselves. Uh, with stopping the water, taking a shower when you wash your hair, those kind of small things. But it's the impact as consultants, as being in a transformation business. <laughs> is about also sparking the inspiration of our clients for that and asking the questions which they should ask us about these sustainability objectives. And many have it on their radar. There's not always the how and the what. And what you these days see is that it should be embedded. It's an either sustainability thing or it's a cost thing. It's or either sustainability thing or it's a customer engagement thing. It's
0: all uh, interconnected uh, now. It's
1: completely interconnected. And it's, it's sometimes very on top of the agenda, sometimes not on the agenda yet, where we should bring it on the agenda as uh, as maybe even as just a side benefit. But we have to accelerate the sustainability and the transformation that is related to that. The whole energy transition is only part of that. Will be a challenge for us as planet for the next decades. Digital will help us. There's more. And digital can also be disruptive in in some senses. Uh, I mean, as an example, data uh, centers, are heavy power users. Mm -hmm. If we're talking about data and also ethical behavior of data, it's also about being conscious not to record and, and gather all the data. So it's being conscious in all those different facets from different perspectives, but sustainability will stay for the next decades. And we all have to act upon it from our own perspective in our own work clear and a, a great message for all our listeners
0: as well to uh, act upon that and see where can we as Cap gemini but also if you are in another company really act on that sustainability challenge that we have ahead um, and that's also related to the next question that i have for you you already mentioned some great lessons through the podcast but what would be your advice to young
1: emerging female professionals <laughs> Yeah, happy to. So be, be yourself. That's the first one. Be authentic. I think that's most important. Be able to discover who you are, where you get your energy from. And then it's not that it's everyone, everything is perfect. Though. So it, that's not the case. There's there, there were assignments during my career that I thought, ah, I shouldn't be here. It's, it's the first two weeks. They're awful. I should get rid of this as soon as possible. And then I was the last one of the whole project team to, to close the door after one and a half years. So it's it's do do give it time, do give it time. Changing your environment, changing the setting to where you can contribute to it. But be yourself in that sense. It's uh, and you can change a lot. uh, You can you can influence a lot if you're open. If you give some things time, but also if you're if you ask for help, you can you can find your own journey in there. So be authentic and have an opinion. And that's uh, have an opinion in terms of that because that contributes to something. If you don't have an opinion, it won't help others. Uh, if you just do what you're told to, then it won't help others. And of course, the opinion is not always the truth. Sometimes I'll just give an opinion just to provoke. Sometimes a little <laughs> bit of discussion, but it's uh, be flexible. We agree on left and you thought it would be right. Well, fine, let's, let's go left. It's better to make a step than there's the no step. There's an argument. But um, having an opinion and thinking about what would I do in this situation Helps in also finding your own journey. Yes, perfect.
0: Thank you. And then looking forward to the next podcast. Uh, who would you like to nominate
1: and what question do you have for her? Yeah, so uh, I would like to nominate uh, Sophie Weersink. She's one of our uh, market unit leads, uh, leading a big portion of, uh, of our clients and uh, go to market. Nice. Quite new to Capgemini. So I'm really interested also to hear about how she, uh, how she sees this, tr- this business coming from a completely different background. Yeah. And my question would, would be that she's covering quite a widespread of clients. They vary widely in terms of competition demands. demand. So we cannot just have one go on them. So what is, uh, how to adapt your strategy, how to cater the varying clients and market conditions. And to add on top of that, our people also are different and everyone. No one is perfect, huh? We're unique, but no one is perfect. So each have their own strengths and capabilities. How to put use huh, the differences in clients' needs? How to put the right people in their strengths, in their energy to fuel the growth. Wow, I like that one. Very curious
0: to to talk to her next. For now, thank you, Lisbeth. It was a very nice conversation. Uh, Learned a lot of it. So I trust our listeners as well. And yeah, uh, for our listeners, don't forget to tune in to our next podcast. And for you, Lisbeth, thank you again and have a good day.
1: Thank you, Karo. It was a pleasure. (laughs) Great, Thanks.